So, Harry. Yeah? What is the strangest place that you've ever spent the night? Oh, okay. Um, I think I've got two options here. Okay. Uh, one of them would probably have been when I first moved to Leeds to live with my brother. Mm-hmm. However, he did not have a spare bed. Um, so it's not really the strangest place I spent the night. It's more the strangest sleeping arrangement. But I slept on an armchair, a coffee table, and a stool. That's what I made a bed out of. <laughs> that sounds very comfortable. The, the Support- kind of thing only a 19-year-old could sleep on. Or a <laughs> Supported my upper back, my bum, and my feet. It was... It, it just about worked. Well, that sounds horrendous. More, more comfortable than the hardwood floor. Okay, well... <laughs> uh, I'd say that the strangest single place I've, I've slept, probably, or stayed the night, would be... Uh, an old job working in a hotel. There was a work Christmas due. I think for whatever reason, there weren't any guests in. Okay. And uh, um, the managers were like, hey, it's an open bar. And so everyone just helped themselves to the bar. And it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I woke up in a bridal suite. <laughs> Alone? Was, <laughs> yes. Was there, was there a strange transvestite man just <laughs> pouncing on top of you? Did you do the time warp? <laughs> no, no, I didn't okay. do the time warp. Not, uh, not, not that time. Okay. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really, how, how bad could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the bug set. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are picturing prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Rocky Horror Picture Show. We'll also be picturing some drinking games and hearing other sequel pictures from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most flamboyant parties. Mm-hmm. And joining me as always, the host with the most idea of what the hell is going on in this movie, is John <laughs> Lucas. I mean... Don't build me up too much just yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so, what do you yeah. think of this? Rocky Horror Picture Show? I mean, I love I love this film, yeah. but you chose it, and yeah. <laughs> I'm puzzled as to why. <laughs> for what? a number of reasons. Um, first of all, it just didn't seem like a very you kind of thing to pick. And also, mm-hmm. like, it has a sequel that nobody's seen. Sure, And yeah. as you mentioned, it's not hot, not an easy one to write sequels for, because this film does not make a lick of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot how, how little sense this actually made. Yeah. Yeah, even though I feel like I've watched this in the past year or two, and that, and even then that wasn't the first time I'd watched it, mm-hmm. I remember barely anything about this. Sure. That seems to be my thing now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just this podcast just is do- documenting the slow deterioration of your memory at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. You'll be dribbling in a corner on your own by episode 250. So. Yeah. So I didn't remember that he died at the end. No? Yeah. <laughs> there were multiple deaths at the end. I mean, I wouldn't say it matters in the scheme of like oh no we can't have a sequel and bring it back that would make any sense yeah that'd break the chronology like yeah. i mean come on <laughs> does not matter no not at all mm-hmm. uh did you enjoy this rewatch yes i did oh good 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 um it's weird though i mean mm-hmm. everyone knows this film is weird it. yeah uh but uh yeah this film is it doesn't make any sense at all mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of its charm oh yeah for or, sure one of its charms but it's a more enjoyable experience to go and watch it in a in a movie theater with loads of people. Definitely, yeah. I think that's the thing. I don't think this is even really what you'd qualify as a film. I think it, it is it is <laughs> it is much more of an experience yeah. than it is a film. It's something yeah. to be experienced. And yeah, I mean, famously, this film was kept alive, became this huge cult classic mm-hmm. because it of midnight showings. Yeah, like people going like the room, but not, not as bad, obviously. But people going to this film and just. Loads of audience participation, singing mm-hmm. along, playing along, just all kinds of crazy hijinks. And I think that is what, the, the, that's the joy of this film. And that, yeah. that, that is the secret to its success. I've, yeah. I'd, I'd, you're right. I'd, watching it back this time, I enjoyed it a lot as well. I always do. But I definitely think you lose something just watching it like on your own on the couch on like a Tuesday. It's yeah. not that kind of film. It, it is a, it's a party. It's an experience. I mean, unless you just sort of, you really go for it and oh, you yeah. and, and you shout at the screen in all the right times and even though you're watching it by yourself you still throw rice everywhere and oh, toilet I did. roll clean up was a nightmare yeah. <laughs> you've done a terrible job i know <laughs> yeah so i don't know it's 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 all, it's all right when you when you when you just watch yeah. it by yourself how old were you when you first watched it 20 ish. Oh, okay. So, so, well, so it's not like a childhood thing. Okay. That was, that was what I wondered because I think but this... my first experience of this was in Hyde Park Picture House. Oh, okay. Sure. So our, our local cinema. So you did see yeah. it in a cinema then. You got the full experience yeah. that time. And one of the, one of the weird traditions about this is that people call 
they call Janet a whore, yeah, and they call Brad like an asshole or something. Yeah, some of the some of the and, games are weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, she gets the hard end of that. It's not yeah, very nice. Sure, yeah. But one thing that I remember about my my first experience of this film was that nothing else, n- none of the other audience traditions happened before that. The first mm. thing that happens is to random insults, and I'm like. <laughs> This feels really uncalled for. She's done nothing wrong. <laughs> so the first thing that happens is that the whole audience just starts shouting that Susan Sarandon is a whore. Yeah, like no one's throwing rice or loo roll at this point or okay. any of the other weird things. But I mean, I, did I, you come prepared? Did you know there was going to be audience participation? No. Okay, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, when I was watching this kind of weird film that's not really got into it yet and like, mm. you know, the, the, the cast is broken down or something. Oh! <laughs> Oh, well, is this a, like on minute three when she's just getting married? Because that yeah, would be sort of, sort of thing, yeah. Well, oh wow, I don't remember specifically. It was a while ago, but yeah, that's amazing. And then when it gets to like throwing rice and loo roll and stuff, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, and then I think somebody explained it to me like it's all part of the tradition. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. At least I know something's going on. Someone here. took pity on you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm glad you had that experience because I think one of the thing, one of the keys to enjoying and appreciating this movie is when and how you first saw it. Mm-hmm. I think this is a film that is... Whereas on like The Room, for example, mm. which my first experience was doing it here. Yeah. And nobody told me it was a bad film. True, yeah. So I watched it by myself completely sober. Oh, you did, didn't you? That was a mistake. <laughs> Such a bad time. Yeah. Well, that's no one's fault but your own. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's everyone's fault but my own. Well, well. No one told me that was a bad film. I'm sure you, you must... Well, you should have known more about... It must have been a hint. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. Anyway... I feel like the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a film that is both unsuitable for children, mm-hmm. but also you should absolutely watch it as a child. <laughs> okay. It's kind of both at the same time. Because yeah. I think it's, it's for me, I think it's one of those films that you watch. You know how like some children's films don't really have plots. It's just, mm. but it's just like the, the excitement and the colors and, and the music just makes kids really happy. Yeah. But this film's like that in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I said, it's an experience. It's an, ex, it, it's a, audiovisual you know mm-hmm. experience and also it's like watching i think for a lot of people it's the, the it's like the first kind of time you it feels very like transgressive and like naughty but in a fun way yeah it's not like yeah. watching something super upsetting like you know mm-hmm. it's like making a kid watch schindler's list when they're like five or something you know <laughs> but like you watch this and you're like oh people are weird people some people are freaks and i like it like you know the, you say you, you say that people should watch this as a kid what sort of age Oh, I feel like eight, nine and up, like for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't watch, I wouldn't show it to like a toddler. No. I think that might just give them nightmares, but you know. Or they'd just be bored and they just. Or they wouldn't get it. Yeah. I don't don't think they'd engage with it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You you need to be young enough that you're not really worldly wise about the world. I think, I think it's just, it's a really good, like first formative cinema. I think if you watch this at the right age, it will stay with you. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's that. I think that's a core part of growing up is watching films that you maybe shouldn't be watching. Probably a little bit. shouldn't. Yeah. 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 As an upcoming gun call in training, I am very <laughs> much looking forward to uh, making your children watch some very inappropriate films at a very young age. So. <laughs> Great! I'm I can't wait to that. end our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. It seemed a fairly ordinary night when Brad Majors and his fiancée, Janet Weiss, two young, ordinary, healthy kids, left Denton that late November evening to visit a Dr. Everett Scott, ex-tutor and now friend to both of them. It's true there were dark storm clouds heavy, black, and pendulous, toward which they were driving. It's true also that the spare tire they were carrying was badly in need of some air. But uh, they, being normal kids and uh, on a night out, well, they were not going to let a storm spoil the events of their evening. On a night out. It was a night out. They were going to remember for a very long time. So we both liked it. That's mm-hmm. good. Uh, now you have the no. enviable task. Oh, come on. 
Well, okay. So, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Came out in 1975. Yeah. I'm always amazed how old it is, just especially when you watch it. Like, they got away with so much. It feels it's like, so what, progressive. 46 years old now. Yeah. Or this, this film came out like eight years after whatever happened to Baby Jane. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that was what really struck me. I was like, wow. Wow, really? Yeah. God. <laughs> how did it do? Like, Oh, it was a complete disaster. Right. Okay. What, like, was, was this film aimed to be like a, a, a really commonly accessible film or, or did it aim to be what it was? Oh no, that's the thing. It was barely released. That's when it right. first came out, it was barely released because A, it was incredibly transgressive, you know, mm-hmm. to get a film that has all this kind of, you know, sexual imagery and homosexuality and transvestitism mm-hmm. and violence and just, and you know, also a plot that is completely incomprehensible. I know it's said a lot in this film, but is transvestite a word that we use these days? It's, I'm not sure. I don't think I can definitively answer that my understanding is that yes if you distinguish very clearly between a transvestite and a transgendered person okay because a transvestite to my knowledge and if i'm if i'm wrong forgive me i mean no no offense my understanding is a transvestite is a heterosexual man who just gets off on wearing women's clothes right you know who just thinks it's a bit kinky a bit of a fetish that's a transvestite And a transgendered person, obviously, is a person who is born into the different genders to which they mm-hmm. later identify. Yeah. Transsexual, not so much. I think that that term has kind of gone out. Okay. We'd prefer to say a transgendered person now. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. So, you know, elements of this film, obviously, haven't aged brilliantly. But, I mean, you know, this I mean, film well, is well, not the, offensive to anyone, apart from maybe very the, conservative the, the, these, these terms change a lot. Exactly. All the time. It, and like language said, this evolves. Film, this film's 46 years old. Yeah, language evolves. And this <laughs> film is absolutely, like a celebration of being a freak. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Not, not them saying people who are trans... Oh, that, that came out. You know what I mean, though? Of, <laughs> no, no, of being I, I, I not normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of being subversive and of being whatever you want to be. Because yeah. even though he's technically the villain, I think Frank and Fertie is very much the aspirational character in all of this. <laughs> is he the villain in this? I don't know, in parts. Oh, I mean, I he's not. Know. I don't think he is. But I mean, no, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't think he could be a villain. No, but I mean, he, do, he does kill Eddie. Yeah, he's yeah. the antagonist. But we didn't know where Eddie was. Yeah, well, what I'm saying Eddie is Eddie might have been a serial killer. He tried to lock up. True. Well, I mean, there's a whole song about how he was a terrible person when he was alive. So sure. But what? No, I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> you don't come out of this film really rooting for Brad. You know, like, oh wow, no. Brad's amazing. You know, like well, Brad's you, so who, milk toast. Who you are know? you rooting for? For Frank. For Frank Inverser, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I know he dies, but like, you know, he, that's, what I mean, that's what I mean. Like, he is the. He is the whatever he might be, a transvestite or from the land of transsexual, whatever they call it, you know. But whatever that is, he is that. And he's the tra- he's the character who is all the transgressive things. He has sex with men and with women and, you know, all these kind of things. And, and he's the character who's memorable and fun and you want to see more of, you know. It's not a film that, like, punishes him or makes yeah. him out to be, or makes him out to be this demon that needs to be vanquished. He is absolutely the star turn. And that's what I mean. So it is very interestingly transgressive for its time yeah so yeah but to answer your question yeah it's so the film i think it was i'm pretty sure it was a musical first and the musical had done well and so they made it into a film okay so richard o'brien who plays riffraff in the film yeah the bald guy Mm -hmm. well but i know him as a bald guy but obviously he's got the the lank blonde (laughs) yeah yeah. i hope not his real hair um (laughs) he wrote the film Mm -hmm. and it's like he described it as his love letter to bad movies like b movies yeah all these like cheesy old um remember, remember when we did edward yes i know that wasn't the film that you particularly loved no but i can definitely see like the the similarity in yeah this. those are the film those films that are depicted in edward are the films that this film is a love letter for these kind of mm-hmm. cheap or that film we did watch for a bonus episode one time the brain that wouldn't die do you remember that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that you know those really weird low budget 60s b movies that mm. probably didn't make a lot of sense themselves so this film is like a love letter to that yeah. Or the play was anyway. So he does this play. It becomes this underground sensation. Mm-hmm. Eventually gets enough funding to be a film. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of the, even though it has Tim Curry and Susan Sarandon in it, neither of those people were stars. So, you oh, know, okay. it's not like this was, oh, it's like if Jennifer Aniston or I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why she came to mind, but you know, it's not like some A-listers today would make that, for making that film. It, it, it was definitely an underground independent little thing that got made mm-hmm. and then swiftly disappeared got buried by the studio, got a very limited release. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of word of mouth, just, you know, people started showing it in, at midnight in like cities and then it just became a whole thing. And mm-hmm. it's now the longest continuously running film of all time. Is it? Yeah, you can go, I mean, it's Halloween now, but there's, you, it's show, it's apart from in coronavirus, mm-hmm. I think it probably at, the, at some point in the past year, it probably wasn't on anywhere because there were no cinemas open literally anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. But there are certain places in America and maybe in the UK too, mm-hmm. where it's literally always at least once a week they do a showing. Wow. It is that popular. So, wow. yeah. 
poor projectionist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's kind of the background for it. And yes, t- I don't think t- I think Tim Curry had been in the play. I think a lot of the people had been in the play mm-hmm. and had originated the roles. I think it, I think the only t- two people who weren't were Brad and Janet. I think they they Susan Sarandon wasn't in the musical. She, right. she kept, they were they were added on. I think the studio wanted some Americans in it mm-hmm. to help sell it, even though they never actually sold it to anyone. So, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, okay, so this film it opens mm-hmm. uh, with I think Brad and Janet are attending a wedding. Yeah. Well, there's the opening credits first, which is the uh, oh yeah, the opening is so it's long. Full, really. full opening credits with a full length song just sung by a pair of lips. Yeah. Uh, it is Magenta's lips, the redheaded okay, domestic yeah. girl. Yeah. Uh, but it's Richard O'Brien singing it. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, 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 I really was wondering if the, uh, the voice and the lips lined up. Yeah, um, they do not. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's an iconic image of those like ruby red lips, like mm-hmm. you know, sparkling, and then this, this the full credits of the film, like even down to like the, the grip and the sound engineer. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it really yeah. goes on. It's one of those songs as well that you always think that it's sort of wrapping up, that it's finishing. Yes, I know what you and mean. And then it's like, oh, it's just oh, another verse. Okay, okay, still <laughs> going, still going. Science oh. fiction, double feature. We're about five minutes in, but sure, yeah, yeah <laughs> great. So after that. Uh, Brad and Janet are at a friend's wedding mm-hmm. something. Yeah. and I did notice that in the background there's Riff Raff and Magenta and uh, and Tim Curry and Tim Curry yeah I mean yeah they're, they're amazing yeah yeah, which is weird dressed as like this old painting of like these mad old farmers yeah yeah, yeah which I liked mm-hmm. yeah so I, th- I thought that it was going to be the uh, the happy couple it was going to be their story and yeah but uh, no and then that's where my favourite song of the film comes in Damn It Janet Damn It Janet it is good yeah which is- it's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all like, about the backing vocals. Yeah, big time. Yeah. But I was also disappointed that, oh, my favorite song has already been. Oh, shit. <laughs> Peaks too soon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn it. A lot of the best songs are in the first half, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. As with most musicals, I find. True. They often front load them, yeah. Yeah. There's all, all the good music is in the front, and then in the back half, it's just the plot. Yeah. Which is often not so good and less fun sometimes they hold the good songs towards the end like you have to get through a lot of cats before you get to memory <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole lot of jellical nonsense before you get to that one good song <laughs> is uh memory a good song or is it just a good song by comparison oh no i feel memory is a good song okay sure sure if you say so uh i don't remember what happens next uh well they're at this wedding first of all i have to no, I have to point out one of my favorite parts about this wedding scene, yeah. but before Damn It Janet kicks in, is the awful, awful, awful overdubbing. Like the voice, the the ADR. Oh, I didn't notice this. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Nobody's voice sounds remotely human and they're all clearly in like... Oh, yes, yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I did notice And all, they all sound it's like they're so recording. It all sound, they're all sound like they're recording in like a, a bucket with like a potato on a mic stand or something. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just, <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> weird. And part of it's probably because it's a cheap film mm. and part of it's, pr- I hope, deliberate to make it that scene even more yep. surreal because the whole scene is just a little bit odd it reminded me of the munchkin from the wizard of oz yes very much like, so i got everyone that. everyone has a different voice everyone does does have that yeah that up here what, yeah we are the yeah. lollipop guild kind yeah. of sound yeah it's definitely that yeah we um, the munchkins from liverpool where you came from no i was doing the lollipop guild song it's not very sound, good yeah. uh, sound like liverpool voice well you know i had to disguise it a little bit for you know so we wouldn't get sued so yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure masking sure. masking congratulations well I guess we really did it, huh? Yes, but then we get to d- the Damn It Janet song, you're right, where Brad, because this is Brad and Janet, who are our hero and heroine, I guess. Yeah. They are at this, their friend's wedding. He's been the best man, it seems. And then he sings his love to her. She, she catches the bouquet. It's a classic wedding mm-hmm. scene. And then he sings his love to her with the very unenthusiastic help of the remaining um, mm-hmm. the remaining cast, who are all just sour-faced in the background. Mm-hmm. I really like, there's a, there's a moment when he just, draws our love heart in chalk on the church door and before oh, yeah. and then he just turns around and keeps singing and in the background they just clean it right off <laughs> yeah just instantly just start clean with no expression they just start cleaning it right off again nice. it's great so yeah they get they get engaged i guess is the purpose of the damn it janet song mm-hmm. and they decide to go on a little drive for the yep. night to go and find their college professor dr scott mm-hmm. to who i guess introduced them yeah. to give him the happy news that they are engaged yeah and that's what they do yeah uh they go I- for a drive in the worst storm in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a um, classic dark and stormy night horror movie staple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's a horror movie. No, but I mean, it's called the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's got horror elements. Ah, I guess. And yes, the road closes. Uh, and they, they, they end up at a dead end, yeah. They end up at a dead end and they blow out a tire. Yeah. And he's not got a spare tire packed. Mm-hmm. So 
they can't they can't drive the car anymore. But he's like, oh, I think I saw a castle a couple of miles back, <laughs> and so. I really picked up on the fact that he said, oh yeah, remember that castle we passed a few miles back? Yeah. And then how long are they walking in that torrential rain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've um, heard just with this tiny little, like, newspaper overhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's never talked about that they're soaking wet. No, or the fact that it must be incredibly cold, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, they walk all the way back to this castle. Mm. Um, there are some bikers around. There's lots of motorbike references in this film, yeah. Yeah. That don't really fully go anywhere. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I assume they're just other guests who went to that. Yeah, everyone just arrived party, via motorbike. Party, sure, you yeah. can call it a party. Yeah. Oh, it's a party. They, they well, it, it's a lot of weird things. Yeah. They arrive at this castle mm-hmm. and they they are welcomed by who we presume to be like the butler or something. Riff Raff, yeah, who, Richard who, O'Brien, who is Riff Raff, and yeah, they want to use the phone. Mm-hmm. He takes them into the in, in, into a back room yeah. where there I, is a party going. I really really love susan surrounded in this film yeah because she, she to me is so funny because she's kind of playing what could be a bit of a nothing character but mm-hmm. she makes that character so funny in such little ways that i really liked I, I don't know why it tickled me so much but when richard o'brien just they're standing in the doorway and it's like torrential mm-hmm. and they're obviously dripping wet and, and he just he very deadpan just goes you're wet and just something <laughs> about the way she said she says yes it's raining but I don't, the, the, the something about the way she says it with the pause, the pregnant mm-hmm. pause is just one of the, it really made me laugh. I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad she knows what sort of film that she's in. Oh, she won, She is chewing up all the cedar. Yeah, she knows exactly yeah. what she's in. I, th- I think she's really fantastic in this. Yeah. <laughs> so they're brought into this back room where there's a group of people who are seat. They have already started doing the time warp without them. I lo- <laughs> Isn't that, don't you just hate that when people start doing the time warp without you? Yeah. <laughs> so rude. Now, what I love about the time warp, which is mm. the most famous song from this film, I would yeah. say the best song from the film. Yeah, probably. Yeah, is, it is literally filler. <laughs> it, me, it contributes nothing to the slim mm-hmm. premise that is the plot of this film. And it is literally filler because it was written, it was written in at the last minute because it was too short. All right. And they needed something to fill an extra five minutes. So they just wrote this extended crazy song, which turned out to be like by far the most catchy, mm-hmm. hit-worthy song in the entire film. And it was just thrown in there to kill some time. Brilliant. Like Frankenfurt is not even in it. Yeah. It's literally just a complete filler scene. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like an amazing song, obviously, a mm-hmm. classic. And I just love all the characters in it. Mm-hmm. All all the extras who like keep popping up through this movie, who are just mm, this yeah. real collection of freaks from Central Casting, like just yeah, like really yeah. a real bunch of oddballs, like mm-hmm. all ages, shapes, and sizes, all in like cheap party city mm-hmm. kind of wigs and costumes. Mm-hmm. It's great. Also, we meet Magenta, who just makes a, one of the all time great cinema arrivals in a film, like first entry into the scene, mm-hmm. just descending back ass backwards down a banister while cackling and dressed as a maid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she's good. She's amazing. I love it when people are having fun in movies. That's what I mean. Everyone in this movie is having the best time. And that, I think yeah. that is why it's become what it is, because that kind of fun is really infectious. Yeah. It's totally infectious. If this film was like taking itself, I mean, I don't know how this film could take itself mm-hmm. seriously, but if it, if it wasn't as like winking and in on the joke as it is, it wouldn't be half of what it is. Mm-hmm. It works yeah. so well because everyone is just having a ball. Absolutely, yeah. Are you having a party? You've arrived on a rather special night. It's one of the master's affairs. Oh, lucky him. You're lucky. He's lucky. I'm lucky. We're all lucky. So, yeah, they do the time warp yeah. again. Mm-hmm. A step to the left and a step to the right. Yeah. <laughs> I love the back and forth with the, the guy who's narrating. Oh, yeah, we also well. meet a narrator who's like this, yeah, this very serious looking man in a darkened mm. office who's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just randomly pops up with narration that is completely unnecessary, mm-hmm. utterly unnecessary, doesn't add anything really, but yep. is, is very funny. And I'd completely forgotten about this guy and he came mm. in and I was like, pretty sure this guy's gonna have like two lines or something and never be talked about again i know he keeps cropping up and he does kind of keep he keeps cropping up but like he definitely fades away into the background um yeah so that's all fun yeah and then the elevator comes down Mm -hmm. and out comes dr frankenfurter tim curry amazing you know we have not had enough occasion on this podcast to talk about how amazing tim curry is he's great isn't he? we did clue yep 
I think that's all the Tim Curry we've done. Well, if there's other major films that kind of franchise stuff. True, it's hard. He just does a lot of voice work. That is true. There's there's not a huge amount of stuff to work with, but oh my God. Like you said, you thought he was your favorite actor from the 70s. And I, mm-hmm. I, I would tend to, I don't, I don't think you're specifically a 70s person. No, but I don't know. I, I, I just, this film was from the 70s. Sure, sure, sure. But I, no, I, I love Tim Curry. Yeah. I, I will stand by this and I mean this absolutely seriously. He should have won an Oscar for Muppet Treasure Island. For Muppet Treasure Island? For Muppet, well, for everything really? he's done. Okay, yeah, But yeah. I would stand by saying his performance in Muppet Treasure Island is Oscar-worthy. Is it? It is amazing. Really? Have you seen Muppet Treasure Island? Yeah. It's so good. He makes you cry. Well, it made me cry. <laughs> Does he? He gets really, like, emotional in a stupid Muppets movie, which he's also incredibly funny in. Mm-hmm. There are scenes when he is, like, legit moving. It's, mm-hmm. an, it's a really good performance. Okay. Yeah, honestly, I, the bit at the end when he says goodbye to Jim Hawkins, oh, gets me every time. Every time. Who's Jim Hawkins again? A little annoying blonde kid. Oh, it was an actual kid then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just thought it might be one of the Muppets. I don't remember. I don't like the Muppets. It's a classic. It's a, it's the best Muppets film, I think. Yeah, no, you're, you're probably right, but I don't like the Muppets. Yeah, I know, I know. Let's not talk about it. It's too obsessing. But anyway, Tim Curry. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Amazing at everything. And iconic, iconic, iconic in this. When was the last time you watched It? The Tim Curry version. Oh... Around the time of the first It movie, and yes, it's aged okay, so, horribly. Okay, but... so not terribly long. Ago. No, 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 yeah. No, yeah. it's aged horribly, but he's the only good thing in it. He's, he's really good. He's in amazing, it. yeah. Yeah. He's amazing in everything, and so different in everything that he's done. Mm-hmm. It's not like he just does one thing. He's so versatile. It's a, such a shame he doesn't really act anymore. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. And oh my God, yeah, what an iconic entrance. Just yeah. the, the street, sweet transvestite song. Mm-hmm. I mean, his... And he just he pull he, rip, he like rips off his um he's cape. got like a ca- ca- yeah he's got like a cape he looks like a classic vampire mm-hmm. he just rips it off and he's got this backwards corset on mm-hmm. and he's got the suspenders and the heels and a, a, the little string of mother of pearl necklace for some reason that I really mm-hmm. like the makeup it's just instantly iconic it's yeah, fantastic it really is it's yeah. just, magnetic it, to watch I yeah. think it's his most iconic look oh by far by far um, do you think it's the most iconic role yes definitely i mean he's had so many yeah but this is no it's next level i mean it's mm. in, you, as soon as he comes on you're like that is that is iconic mm-hmm. that is amazing yeah yeah um and I, very sexy I love, in a yeah, weird yeah. <laughs> yeah um like even though i don't go that way mm-hmm. it's very sexy it is very sexy yeah. yes i think that's the, that's the other thing about it. that character is this it's, it just oozes sexuality in this really mm-hmm watchable way and that, that makes it really fun as well it, it, it's mm-hmm. the key to the movie being successful so yeah, yeah big time yeah so he introduces himself he does through, as through, the, through, through the medium, through the medium of, of song of sweet transvestite yeah yeah um i liked how his song took took an interlude in the middle yeah with the music kept going and he just stops and goes and ha- has, has a fag and him and susan surrounds have a conversation yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's still the, the song's still going yeah just he's not singing anymore yeah <laughs> it's good <laughs> uh what's the conclusion of that well the, that's the song finishes and then brad and janet who have who just kind of been watching all of this and mm-hmm. reacting with bewilderment as you would i guess they then get stripped down to their under under things for oh, yeah. reasons unclear yeah but uh, their clothes are wet yeah <laughs> oh yeah i guess that's why <laughs> sure yeah so they're stripped down to their under things um so we get the first appearance of susan sarandon's boobs mm-hmm. uh and also um, they never go away they never know they're, they're very much present for the rest of the film yeah, yeah. and brad and his gigantic Gigantic Y-fronts. Like, <laughs> just the biggest Y-fronts you've ever seen in your life. Like, oh, yeah. They go right, right under his nipples. Was he wearing a nappy? It like, did. It looked like an adult nappy, an adult a, diaper, a, yeah. A giant nappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. an adult nappy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's some interesting looks, but they get stripped down, and then they all take the elevator up to the laboratory, which is this very kind of fleshy, vaginal pink kind of mm. room. Yeah. Where Frankenfurst is waiting for them in his in his new costume, which is like mm-hmm. a a doctor's smock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it mostly just looks like he's thrown a dress over what. Well, he, he has because then he pulls it off again later. But yeah. yes, it, it, it's it's still an iconic look. Yeah, yeah. Time. yeah, yeah. And then there's all kinds of shit going on in the laboratory. So all the mm. other guests there, are like on a observation deck sort of thing. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I love one one of the joys of this movie is to play like spot the extra like in yeah in group scenes just watch what the extras are doing because a lot of them obviously are not professional so just, they're, they're, all, they're all looking like some of them are like really enjoying themselves some of them like don't quite know what to do with their hands it's great mm-hmm. like, <laughs> uh from here on out i kind of lose it i don't really know what's going on from this point mm-hmm. um there's a whole there's you know some harry frankenstein 
Um, very much. So. Well, the, the first thing that happens this, is that scene. I know that the whole film is kind of that anyway. Well, it's it's every horror movie you've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is where he introduces Rocky. Yes. So Rocky is this creation that he's been working on, basically Frankenstein, a sexy Frankenstein. Yeah. I love this. this, this so in order to bring Rocky to like, Rocky is in a kind of a glass case filled with like mm-hmm. amniotic fluid or something. I don't know. Yeah. And the, the the scene when like all the lights go down and. Tim Curry is just doing this frantic knob twiddling, mm-hmm. just like of all the taps, because there's all these different kinds of water that are pouring in. And yeah, yeah. It's, it looks ridiculous, but apparently there was a very specific order in which he was directed to <laughs> twiddle his knobs. All right. And so uh, Richard O'Brien, who was also directing the film, is just standing off stage, apparently just shouting like, yellow, red, left, far right, you know, just <laughs> and poor <laughs> Tim Curry just having to like really just hit it perfectly. Right. why i know just because it's silly because it's silly <laughs> <laughs> and he went for it and it's okay, great yeah yeah so he rouses up rocky who, yeah rocky i think people who've not seen the film would think that tim curry is rocky he's not rocky is rocky is the monster or the sexy muscly giant man yeah, uh, yeah who can't act no cannot act god no. bless him he has many a muscle um so yeah yep and uh yeah and t- it's, it's so clear that that's the reason that he got the part oh for sure like and he's admitted that. always looking at it and like he's you know he's twitching his pecs and stuff and yeah. it's oh no the guy's since, since he's not i don't think he made any other movies he's always completely oiled up very much very oily yeah mm-hmm. uh, and tim curry is just crazy for him like yeah. frank and Furser is like yeah crazy for him mm-hmm. there's a whole song about he's gonna make him a man I'm, I'm, it feels like he's already there really but <laughs> yeah I know, there's more to do i loved he gives him these um peppermint dumbbells oh yeah yeah i, I love that <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Well, they're wrapped up like presents. Yeah, yeah, it's an incentive to keep working out because you can just lick them as they go up. You know, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's this whole song, the the, the I'm going to make you a man song, mm-hmm. uh, in which Tim Curry just basically chases Rocky around the lab and just mm-hmm. is all over him, just all just yeah, just just all over molesting him essentially. <laughs> um, and then Meatloaf turns up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Crashes very, through a wall. Very random. Um, I don't know how or why this happened. Well, the explanation they give in the film yep. is that Frankenfurter has taken half of Meatloaf's brain and given it to Rocky. Okay. And that's how he brought Rocky to life. Right. With Meatloaf's brain. Should have given him the whole brain. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what they said, yeah. But somehow Meatloaf is either still alive or is reanimated as a... Because he's got the, the scar across his mm, forehead, so you mm. can see he's had like, bad brain surgery. Yeah. There's enough of him left alive anyway, or reanimated god knows what we're supposed to think is going on here but enough to perform a very energetic uh song and dance that again <laughs> makes no sense no who's hot patootie yeah what's it got to do with anything why is he on a motorbike why is he on a motorbike well i think he's just supposed to be a motorbike a cyclist that, that's his that's sure. his gig yeah yeah maybe all of the motorbikes belong to like victims of frank and maybe that's why they're all there uh, yeah maybe. maybe he just really goes for bikers yeah yeah likes that biker look yeah but that being said Rocky doesn't strike me as having that biker look. That is true. It, I think he'd be quite unwieldy on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? But but anyway, it seems that maybe the maybe the women are supposed to be like luring bikers into the lab and then Frank mm. and is killing them because one the the one who's not Magenta, uh, I think she's called Colonial or something. Uh, uh Columbia. 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 Yeah. Columbia is very attached to to Meatloaf, mm-hmm. so she's very upset when moments later mm-hmm. Frank and Fetter stabs him to death. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the first violence we get in this movie. Yeah, pretty and much. It's kind of out of nowhere. It really, it, yeah, it really takes a turn. I mean, it's still, it's not what you'd call horrifying. It's still pretty funny. No, but, but it like, does. There's still, there's, there's trails of blood and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a, a change of pace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Frank and Fetter very abruptly murders. Meatloaf. Meatloaf, yeah, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, Columbia, did you say? Yeah. Columbia is horrified, runs off screaming. Mm-hmm. Brad and Janet seem unconcerned. Yeah. Their reactions to the, to the full murder are kind of like quite muted. I'm not sure how I feel about Brad and Janet. Mm. I'm not sure if I uh, would like to associate with anybody who isn't freaked out by a murder. Something about them you just don't trust. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so after Meatloaf has been killed, uh, we, we cut to... Brad and Janet separately being seduced by Frank. <laughs> this is a great scene. They yeah. separately get seduced by Frank and Furter in literally the exact same way, like yep. word for word. It's yep. great. <laughs> I love how Brad just goes gay in a heartbeat. Yeah. Just so fast. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I love Janet. What if we don't tell Janet? Okay. <laughs> it's, <great. laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, 
So he is, yeah. So Rocky is having his, no, Frankenfurter is having his wicked way with both Brad and Janet. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Riff Raff and Magenta, <clears throat> they attack Rocky mm -hmm. and chase, and he, he goes running out in terror out of the mansion. Yeah. Obviously he's kind of a bit Frankensteinish, kind of not really, kind of half a brain, so he's not yeah. particularly intelligent. So he goes running out and gets chased by the dogs and mauled a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, I think Susan, yeah, Janet, Janet finds him because she, after she's had sex with Frankenfurter, <laughs> she then goes stumbling around the castle. Like mm -hmm. there's all these amazing, like cross shots, like weird cuts mm -hmm. of her close face up of Janet, just with like this very obviously kind of plastered on tear on the side of her face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's just going, where's Brad? <laughs> where's anybody? <laughs> <laughs> right. She's chewing all the scenery. Mm -hmm. It's great. Um, but she stumbles back into the lab and she finds Rocky who's been injured and he's cowering and he's scared and he's upset. Mm -hmm. And uh, then she has sex with him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. While being watched on a video camera <laughs> by Magenta and Columbia. Mm -hmm. Columbia's kind of got over the fact that Miguel has been killed now, I guess. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So they're watching uh, on some kind of hidden camera and uh, they're really enjoying this. Like yeah. they are laughing and screaming along. Magenta is very suggestively fondling a very phallic kind of hairdryer this whole scene <laughs> and columbia's just kind of gnawing and licking on her leg mm -hmm. on her thigh it's great they're just having the best time right? <laughs> yeah and then dr scott interrupts everything everything's interrupted all this crazy sexual shenanigans oh, yeah yeah i think frank's having sex with brad janet's having sex with <laughs> with rocky magenta and columbia are having a lesbian moment while watching janet and rocky mm -hmm. everyone's having fun yeah uh, and then dr scott rings the doorbell or, or opens the door and comes in mm -hmm. and wheels his way and he's, in a, he's an old man in a wheelchair mm -hmm. uh, so this is the college professor who brad and janet were looking for originally mm -hmm. but he's just coincidentally turned up because he's looking for his nephew eddie who's been missing for some time mm -hmm. which is the meatloaf character yeah uh, and actually in the original stage show apparently eddie and Dr. Scott was supposed to be played by the same people or were played by the same person, the same actor. Oh, okay. And Meatloaf was very disappointed that he, he couldn't also play Dr. Scott. Hmm, that would have yeah. been weird, but then this whole film's weird. I think I would have liked it. Yeah, it would have. Like Meatloaf in like old man's makeup in a wheelchair would have been, would have been something. Yeah. Would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. Would have been yeah. a big wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't like that. I think. Yeah, it could have been fun. But anyway, this, I mean, this guy's perfectly fine with his very, with his very exaggerated German accent, which is always a good time. <laughs> yeah. So. Dr. Scott arrives on the scene and then everyone kind of coalesces in the lab where everyone kind of walks in on Brad and, J no, I'm sorry. Everyone kind of walks in on Rocky and Janet mm -hmm. having sex. They get, they very much get caught in the act. Yeah. And then this fantastic extended moment of just like, Janet, Brad, Dr. Scott, Rocky, <laughs> Janet, Brad, Dr. Scott, Rocky. So, so funny. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they get discovered, and then this is quite a dramatic, potentially quite a dramatic moment where Brad realizes that Janet's been cheating on him with a Frankenstein's monster thing, but then everything just stops because it's dinner time. Yep. <laughs> this, this yeah, movie, this movie makes no sense. I it's mean, fine. at this point, she has also seen that he has been sleeping with uh, Frankenstein. Yeah, I think everyone's clearly, you know, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all all bets are off at this point. Yeah, but whatever kind of strange confrontation is about to happen is interrupted when Magenta calls everyone down for dinner, mm -hmm. and then they have this very strange dinner scene. <laughs> uh, Frankenfurst is now wearing a cute little party hat mm -hmm. <laughs> and another new dress. Um, and he's very suggestively carving a bit of meat. And Dr. Scott won't shut up about Eddie. He's like, where, where is my nephew? Where's my nephew? And Frank and Fezzer basically, he says something like, oh, that Eddie, that's a, that's a very, looks at the meat, tender subject. <laughs> <laughs> Making it clear that they're all just eating Eddie. Yeah. And again, like the understated reaction to the fact that they have now been made into cannibals. Like mm -hmm. Brad and Janet just kind of go, uh, and they, they kind of put the meat down that they've already eaten eaten some of it. Yeah, they're just kind of like, oh, better stop eating that. Like mm. it's such an it's such a muted reaction. You know I mean? And then Rocky's <laughs> obviously still just like chewing away on a big like mm. bone, which is hilarious. But like, yep. <laughs> again, the only one who cares is Columbia, who just runs out screaming again. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is just kind of like, oh, we ate a person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in for a penny. Yeah. Um, Life tasted good. Yeah, and then they do a whole song about how Eddie was no good and he was a, he was a bad boy, so he deserved to die. All this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. 
And then Frankenfurter rips off the dinner cloth mm-hmm. and reveals Meatloaf's half-devoured corpse <laughs> just lying underneath the table. Mm-hmm. Great. And then everyone freaks out. Yeah. Then everyone like runs screaming again. That's the thing that... Not the fact that they've yeah. eaten human flesh, but no, the fact just... that that human flesh is now then you know, presented to them. Mm. So they go running off and Janet goes running up and down the stairs being followed by Frankenfurter. Mm-hmm. Once again, they all end up in the lab. Mm-hmm. All, all, all roads seem to lead to this lab when everyone starts running mm-hmm. anywhere. The end point is that they all end up end up in the lab. Yep. Uh, and then there's a Even whole. Even if they have to break through walls. Yep. Well, many people enter that. Yeah. Many people enter that lab through many different methods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they all end up in the lab again. And then Frankenfurter just turns all the other characters into nude statues <laughs> with his ray gun. Because so, sure, so, so random. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all, apart from all the characters except for Frankenfurter, Riff Raff, and Magenta, mm-hmm. everyone else has been turned into a nude statue. Yep. And then they all get taken into a new room, which is a giant stage mm-hmm. and with a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Of course, because you've got to have a swimming pool for your stage. Uh, and then he unfreezes them, mm-hmm. but they're still being mind-controlled to a degree, it seems. Yeah. And they all just do a big song and dance number. Um, they're, all, they're all now dressed like Frankenfurter, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. They're all in, like, the, the backwards corsets and oh. they the spent stockings and suspenders. And Yeah. So that's quite fun. Oh, and, yeah, they do this whole song and dance. You see a lot of nipple in this scene. <laughs> a lot of, I think all the women, yeah, mm. a lot of nipple happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do this whole weird cabaret number, um, which is interrupted by Riff Raff and Magenta, yep. who have now had a costume change of their own. Mm-hmm. And now they're like dressed as alien overlords. And they explain that they've been the real power behind the whole thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Frankenfurter has failed in his mission. And they are going to go back to their home planet of transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania, I think. is Something like that, yes. Possibly the way around, I can't yeah. remember. Uh, but before they do that, they they kill Frankenfurter. Yeah. They, they shoot him dead with their antimatter ray gun. Shocking. Shockingly, they kill him, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the movie just becomes King Kong for five minutes when Rocky himself <laughs> becomes devastated by Frankenfurter's death, picks up the corpse, flings it over his shoulder, mm-hmm. and just climbs up a tower that's randomly been placed in the scene mm-hmm. and eventually gets shot down by Magenta and Riff Raff and falls into the pool. Yep. Dead with Frankenfurter. Yep. And then Riff Raff and Magenta, they set off for their home planet. They, the, the, the entire castle becomes a spaceship. <laughs> they, it, it, you know, it, it opens up and mm-hmm. the spaceship comes out of it, I guess. And they mm-hmm. fly away to their home planet and leaving Brad, Janet and Dr. Scott just kind of writhing around on the ground. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, watching them go. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the end. It's a pretty strange movie. It's a very strange movie and a hard yeah. one to summarize, but also a great, I think that's why it's so successful and popular because it's, almost impossible to categorize it is just a weird thing of its own phenomenon it is a phenomenon yeah absolutely mm-hmm. don't worry janet we'll be away from here in the morning oh Brad, you're so strong and protective you i'm afraid so brad but isn't it nice why <laughs> you what have you done with janet uh, nothing why do you think i should okay drinking games so, drink for a silly voice. Drink for a silly voice. Loads of them. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's 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 loads at the start, and there's definitely a few throughout. Oh, for sure, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think everyone's putting on a silly voice at every moment, really. We'll look at a lot of those extras. Yeah, yeah, sure. They had the Munchkin voice. Voices that sound a little bit pitch shifted, definitely yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another very fruitful one here. Drink for Susan Sarandon's boobs. <laughs> they do of make many an appearance. Uh, she just course. looks the same. It's bizarre. Like she has not, she, she has not aged After in like forty six years. In in literally almost fifty years, she looks more or less the same. It's quite. She made a deal with the devil. That woman. Yeah. She really did. <laughs> well, well done to her. Yes, indeed. Um, drink for the names Janet or Brad. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That that. I mean, many of these drinking games will not be original to us because mm, drink, be, this film is yeah. this film is one of the classic drinking game movies. Of course, that's why it's so popular with like mm-hmm. group showings. Uh, but yeah, anytime the words Janet or Brad and leave anyone's mind. I think, I think especially Janet's. Mm. Definitely take a drink and yeah. you'll have a great time. <laughs> Janet. I mean, damn it, Janet alone would get you nice and pickled for the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drink for weird scene transitions. Oh, I, lo- yeah. I loved this. This is very much like, I think part of it being a affectionate love letter to cheesy movies. Because mm-hmm. every time one scene trans- transitions into another one, you'll it uses a different kind of camera effect, like cheesy... Uh, right. You know, like you'd see like the slime dripping down mm-hmm. from one scene to another, or there'd be like a star wipe or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's loads of yeah. really funny 
random transitions, which I really liked. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good one. Drink for a costume change. Drink for, yeah, I have that too. Drink for a costume change. Absolutely. I mean, just for Frank and Furs's costume changes alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, everyone gets undressed and redressed and mm-hmm. everyone has, I think every character has at least two or three, maybe except Dr. Scott and Eddie because they don't last long enough. But of like Frank and Dr. Magenta. Scott, Dr. Scott does because he, he he's in. Uh, oh, he is in the he is in the cabaret, right? Because yeah, oh, yeah. his legs are being manipulated. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You're right. In fact, yes, everyone gets a costume change mm-hmm. apart from poor Eddie. Yeah, but, yeah, he doesn't last very long. So yeah, his yeah. head turns inside out essentially when it when it gets smashed in. Sure, I mean so... that could be considered a costume change. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Drink every time Tim Curry breaks the fourth wall. Oh yeah, this was a lot of fun yeah. as well. Yeah, I noticed this a lot of just sort of looks towards us or looking directly at us while saying something yeah. sexual. It's funny how this film has a narrator, mm-hmm. but also Tim Curry acts as an occasional narrator himself. Yeah. <laughs> Drink for sex noises in speech. Ooh, okay. So when Tim Curry's just talking and he just, he just talks so sexually, it's a kind of... I think he just, he just oozes sexuality mm. in this film. Yeah. He's just, yeah, very sexy. Uh, drink, similarly, drink for phallic imagery. Mm-hmm. Lots of phallic objects in this film. Yes. Drink for underwear or lingerie. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about Brad's unspeakable wife fronts, <laughs> obviously, and Janet's in her lingerie. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Rocky himself is in these teeny tiny gold hot pants. Mm-hmm. Teeny tiny gold hot pants that <laughs> leave nothing to the imagination. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot. And Frank and Fertz's iconic corsets, of course. The, back, yeah. the backwards corset. Yeah. 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 Why is it on backwards? Who knows? It looks good. It looks good, yeah that's, yeah. that's enough. Drink for a Susan Sarandon reaction shot. Oh, yeah. She has some great facial reactions in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good time. Uh, and the last one I've got is drink for smoking. Do people smoke a lot in this film? A little bit. Um, well, Frank first takes that break in the middle of his song to go and have a fag. Oh, he does. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Brad has a fag after sleeping with Frank That is true, um, yeah. It's, it's well done. Like, it's, it's not sort of, it's not casual. It's always the, a punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, someone having a cigarette, but uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, drink every time someone crashes through a wall. Oh that, yeah, that, that that's an obvious one for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's me done too. Cool. Bonjour tout le monde. I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People, in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them. What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round-the-world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, then. Sequels. Yeah, indeed. Do you want to go first? Uh, I can do if you want. Yeah, go for it. Mine's not the longest in the world this week. It is hard. It is a hard film to do because, as I say, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you can but, just kind of write anything, can't you? Yeah, I mean, the bonus side of this is that you can literally write anything and be like, oh, yeah, sure, that could happen because, you know, mm. if it's not believable, oh, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so I was thinking, obviously, at the end of the original film, the only characters left on Earth are Brad and Janet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't have high hopes for their mm. relationship. No. I don't think so. So I feel like... You don't, they, think, you don't think they've got some sort of shared, shared trauma? And, well, and and shared new experiences. Well, I feel like they have had very different experiences on this on this night. Sure. I think they do get married because it's the olden days, and you know they've already got engaged, so they might as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I think they both over time have very different reactions to the Rocky Horror experience. I mm-hmm. think Brad writes the whole thing off as a strange nightmare and goes back to being his, his mm-hmm. boring milk toast self. Yeah. But Janet, on the other hand, for her, best night of her life. <laughs> she had the best time. Yeah. Uh, and she just can't get over it. And she become, she becomes obsessed with bringing Frank and Fur to and Rocky, who mm-hmm. both showed her some good times, bringing them both back. Mm-hmm. So much so that she secretly, without telling Brad, steals their corpses from the wreckage of the Ooh, okay. castle. Because mm-hmm. I'm just assuming their bodies were left, you know, yeah. after the aliens took off, after yeah. Riff Raff and Magenta left. So she digs up Frank and Furter and Rocky's kind of broken corpses mm-hmm. and hides them in her basement. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, she can have like this double life mm-hmm. where by day she's like this sweet 1950s housewife. When's this film supposed to be set? Who knows? God knows, because they've got CCTV. Oh, they do have CCTV. <laughs> so maybe it's, maybe it's not supposed to be the 50s. It's just the pre... The thing is with the original film, the, the scene before they get to Rocky Horror Picture, to the castle... Mm-hmm. The scene before they get to the castle feels very much like 1950s, but you're right. They do have 
CCTV. Could be alien CCTV. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah they probably got, did the time warp and got it from a, mm. you know, from a Dixon's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, did you know, just, sorry, I'm, I'm going a bit off piece here. Did you know that actually the original idea and the only reason they didn't go with it is because they couldn't afford the effects, which shows how cheap this movie is. <laughs> um, the original idea was that the opening Dammit Janet scene was going to be in black and white okay. and the film would only become color, technicolor, mm-hmm. when they arrived in the castle. Right. Which is basically a... a complete rip-off of the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It was supposed to be like a, a reference to Wizard of Oz. And also because in well, Wizard of that, Oz... That one feels less of a reference and more of a rip-off. Well, it's a, an, an intentional, is what I mean, because yeah. it's, it's... You know how in Wizard of Oz, the characters of the the Lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow mm-hmm. also pop up in the beginning of the film. They play right, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dorothy's friends or, college, you know, and yeah. the farm workers. So, and obviously in this film, Riff Raff Magenta and... Frankenfurter are, mm-hmm. are there at the wedding. Mm. So I think they were really going for like a Wizard of Oz vibe where like, is this all a dream that Rad and Janet have had? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Then. No, no, it's an interesting fact. It is an interesting fact, yeah. So yeah, I'm just thinking of Janet having... So that was it because I wasn't sure what decade it was. But whether it's the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, doesn't matter. My idea is Brad and Janet are married and by day she's a perfect housewife, you know. Mm-hmm. But by night... She's sneaking down into that basement and doing all kinds of botched, crazy, grotesque experiments mm. on the corpses of Rocky and Frankenfurter to try and bring them back to life. Mm-hmm. So maybe she gets really into like, great. You could really like, obviously I'm imagining it's another musical. Yeah. So you could have a musical about a musical song about her being like the perfect housewife, you know, and Brad being so happy as wife, this perfect little stay at home housewife. And she's mm-hmm. as sweet as candy. And she's always serving fresh baked apple pies yeah, and you know, yeah. wearing floral prints and all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And then by night, she's like digging corpses, grave digging, you know, doing all kind of weird brain surgery. What's she doing? Stealing body parts to like... To try and bring them back, yeah. Yeah, okay. To try and figure out how to revive Rocky and Frankenfurter. Yeah. And many experiments fail. Mm -hmm. Many things go wrong. Years pass, maybe. But she keeps on trying newer and newer techniques to make Mm -hmm. it work. And eventually, she manages to bring them back to life. Mm -hmm. But the only way she can do it is by merging the two of them together. Okay. You know, like how in the original Eddie was killed so that his brain could be transferred into Rocky. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Frankenfurter's brain, mm-hmm. Rocky's body. Right. Okay. Which for yeah. Susan Sarandon, pretty damn perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's got that. Cause then this character awakens. I mean, we're going to be asking the guy with the crazy, the, the Rocky actor with the crazy muscles, mm-hmm. We're going to be expecting much better acting from him in this one than the original. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking he has to fully channel Tim Curry. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. this is a character with Tim Curry's wild pansexual vibe. Well, you could just cast Chris Hemsworth and be done with it. There you go. Well, I mean, he's perfect for this. Mm-hmm. He's, it's the role he was born to play. Yep. So, he's yeah. got the looks and he's got the charisma. There you go. He, if, you, if you could do a really good Tim Tim like Tim Curry in the body of Rocky, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 that's his Oscar right there. Yeah. For sure. I'd, I'd yeah. pay for that, yeah. Just trying to picture Chris Hemsworth in like full makeup. In a yeah, I'm sure he could he could pull it. Off. I think he there's nothing that man can't pull off. Yeah, yeah, um, including you it seems. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so but I'm thinking like yeah, you've, so then you've got the Rocky physique with the raw, crazy, dark, twisted sexuality of Frank and Furter, mm-hmm. which yeah, Janet's dream man right there. She's got the best of both of them. Mm-hmm. But then now she's succeeded in her long held dream of bringing them back she has to kind of keep them locked up in the basement to kind of avoid arousing suspicion, mm-hmm. which gets harder and harder to do, especially when she becomes pregnant. Oh, And dear. the baby is Frankenfurter's baby. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. And maybe that could be a whole thing. Maybe her and Brad's sex life's kind of petered off, so it's not even possible it'd be Brad's mm-hmm. baby. But he's maybe so clueless he doesn't even realize. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really do the math or whatever. Like He's like, yeah. so then he's even more happy and clueless. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant with... Frankenfurter's baby, mm-hmm. which she's secretly very happy about, but also... But she, so she's told Brad that it's his baby. Oh yeah, Brad doesn't know that there's all this stuff in the basement. Got Brad it. is clueless. Brad is utterly, utterly clueless. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking, so as she's trying to keep everything under wraps, but Rocky and Rocky slash Frankenfurter, mm-hmm. they start like breaking out at night and murdering the neighbours. Oh God. So they, so it's just getting harder and harder for Janet to keep all of this mm-hmm. together. But, that's, and, but she has to try and that's kind of the comedy of the movie. And then eventually, finally, Brad will, of course, discover the truth. He goes down to the basement. Maybe he becomes suspicious about Janet's irrational, erratic, unusual behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, long overdue suspicion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe at some point he goes down into the basement to investigate and finds like the hidden lab and he sees Rocky and Rocky slash Frankenfurter like chained up or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But of course, as soon as he discovers them... Chained up in like full S&M gear. And yeah, absolutely. fabulous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whips, you know, leather basques, the whole <laughs> lube, the lot, you know, yep. yeah. So he discovers that the lab and is obviously horrified, but is immediately overpowered and kidnapped and tied up by Rocky slash Frankenfurter. Yep. So then Janet comes down and discovers that she's been discovered. And then Brad gives her an ultimatum. He's like, you've got to choose Janet. It's them or me. Mm-hmm. And she, without missing a beat, goes, them? <laughs> He's like, sorry, Brad. Again, this this could be a song as well, yeah. you know. You know, she says, you know, sorry, Brad, but I've got this. I found this new side of myself, this dark side, and mm-hmm. I want to, I want to be with Rocky and with Frankenfurter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she does the whole song about how she's yeah wants to be with them now. Mm-hmm. They all murder Brad, <laughs> gleefully. Oh, poor Brad. Oh come on, who, who gives a shit about Brad? Oh, he didn't do anything wrong. Oh dear. Uh, well, I don't care. I think it'd be fun because Brad's like the most bland character. Like, mm-hmm. he, it'd be, I think it'd be really funny if they just killed him. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they murder Brad and uh, then they get on a spaceship and fly off to Transylvania. So okay. get revenge on Riff Raff and Magenta, which can be maybe the setup for the prequel. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 Pretty so good. I, I, I like title. Um, yes, that was, well, actually, the pregnancy thing didn't really play into that very much. I guess she's still pregnant <laughs> at the end. I don't know. Because I put like Child of Frankenfurter. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. again, I'm thinking of like classic horror movie titles, you know, mm. Child of Frankenstein, or mm-hmm. or maybe Bride of Frankenfurter, since since Janet is her journey on this movie is to be the Bride of Frankenfurter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that works. Bride of Frankenfurter, that works better. Yeah, because I think I'm also really envisioning her having a physical transformation in this film. Because at mm-hmm. the beginning, I think she's this like bored '50s housewife in, like I said, like in a floral print dress and like mm. a you know very sensible kind of. Betty Grable kind of look. And mm-hmm. then by the end, I think when she's murdering Brad, she's going to look like magenta. She's going to have like leather and a corset and like mm. the cleavage again and like the dark makeup and everything. And then when she flies off into space with Frankenfurter, like she's become like, just like, she looks like, you know, like the bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. the bride of Frankenfurter. Yeah. 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 That's it. I'm, I'm sticking with that. The bride of Frankenfurter. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of that. All right. So mine, um, because, like I say, I did not understand this movie. I had no oh idea what was going on. So I tried to make sense of it best I could. You've done some rhymes, haven't you? No. Oh, okay. What? I thought you were going to play your rhyming game. Oh. That's no. normally what you do when you oh, get no, ideas. No, I, no, 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 no. Sorry, I thought you were suggesting I was about to start a rap or something. No, no, no please don't. <laughs> please don't. Uh, <laughs> no. Um... So this is called the Rocky Horror Time Warp. Okay. The Rocky Horror Time Warp. Yes. So it turns out that the Time Warp song wasn't just a catchy tune. Okay. Oh, so, so what you're doing now, you're not pitching a sequel. You are retelling the original and trying to make it make sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested. Yeah. Hmm. So it turns out that the Time Warp song wasn't just a catchy tune. Okay. By singing and dancing it, you actually travel back in time. Okay. That will make sense. That's, that's what it's there for. Okay. Um, it's, it's a spell. Yeah. If there are 25 people doing it, there is enough time energy to transport whatever building you're in back in time. Okay. In the original, there were only 23 people, uh. which is why they sent out some bikers to go and set a trap to catch two more people by bursting their tire. Oh, so Brad and Janet were lured into the castle because they needed to make up the 25. I like it. Yeah, so now they've got a complete time warp. Mm-hmm. And with 25 people doing it, they are able to travel backwards in time with the building and everywhere mm-hmm. to where Dr. Frankfurter was alive. Oh, so Frankenfurter didn't... That's why he didn't arrive on the scene until that song was complete, because he mm-hmm. wasn't even there. Yeah. Uh, he was waiting a hundred years ago. Yeah. Okay, I'm intrigued by this, yeah. Yeah. As soon as they arrived, Riff Raff Magenta quickly go and do a little mind control spell on Frankenfurter, okay. so that he'd think they were just his staff or whatever. Okay. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't bat an eyelid that they're there. The other people that were there, he assumed were just party guests that had shown up for some kind of party that he must have been throwing... Had completely forgotten about, but being him, was always prepared for. You seem like a guy who goes with the flow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Riff Raff Magenta, they observe as he does his experiments mm-hmm. and shows off Rocky and stuff like that. Um, what they want to do is they want to try and harness the energy from his experiments to help convert his mansion into a spaceship so they can fly home. Oh, so they need all this to happen so that they have enough power to get home. And that's why they don't turn on him sooner. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But to actually harness the energy, they need to uh, turn some of the taps. Turn some what? Turn some taps. Oh, in, in the scene in which Rocky comes to life. Yes. Okay, sure. Um, so they need to do some very specific stuff there, mm-hmm. uh, but they need to do it completely without being noticed. So uh, they need to cause some kind of a distraction, some mm-hmm. some, some, some sort. 
a destruction of some sort. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the middle of a song, they uh, turn the freezer off, which defrosts the meatloaf store ah. inside. <laughs> The Out, meatloaf. Outbursts the rock star who predictably causes a big distraction mm-hmm. until Dr. Frankfurter abruptly murders him. Mm-hmm. From this point, Riff Raff and Magenta know that if they are to successfully leave this place, they need to arm themselves because clearly Dr. Frank- Frankfurter is a genius mastermind murderer. He's well, dangerous. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's only just a care to them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they spend the night building a weapon and some armor. Mm-hmm. And the next day, while he's having sex in the swimming pool on a stage, for whatever reasons that they don't understand, they murder him and Rocky and then fly away in his house. Interval. Oh, okay. Um, I, was gonna be like, I thought it was just a short one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought when I got to the end of it. I was like, shit, mm. I'm done. <laughs> uh, so, Interval. Maybe this is a stage show. Who knows? Sure. Um, from here on, this is new territory. Okay. So, Brad and Janet, having lived through and seen the whole thing and been left behind. Yeah. They know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Do they? <laughs> I feel like, you know, having watched the film, I'm not clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, they how, are. How are they going to contextualize what they've just seen? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I do not know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they both love Dr. Frank Furter and they miss him dearly. So sure, yeah. I, I get that vibe. Yeah. Obviously he's died. And so they're, they're quite unhappy about that. They uh, steal a couple of motorbikes parked outside and ride back to the town they came from. Mm-hmm. When they're there, they have a conversation about how sad they are about Frankfurter, and Janet has a great idea. Mm-hmm. Brad, I've got the swellest idea. What's that, Janet? I know how we can bring back Dr. Frankenfurter. Oh, gee, Janet, how? <laughs> You've really got into dialogue in recent episodes. You've been writing these little scenes for Thank yourself. You. Yeah. Let's do the time warp. Again. Oh, well, go. yes, Brad. We know how it goes. Let's do the time warp again and go back and save Dr. Frankenfurter. And that's where I got to. I kind of thought we could just go from there. Okay. Essentially becomes a time travel movie. So they go back in time to maybe Frankenfurter mm-hmm. faked his own death mm. to get away from, you know, from Riff Raff and Magenta. Okay. And actually him and Rocky are hiding in time. So Brad and Janet are having to like, explore the past and go back in time all the time right i see yeah and look for them and like chase them through like you know somebody oh, so goes to like, hunt for dr Frank yeah Furter. think of all the songs you could do yeah you could you could have them like in with walking with dinosaurs mm-hmm. you could have them in like the tudor era you know you could have it all sorts you know mm-hmm. all kinds of i think i like that idea like the french revolution just frank and Fair's are just showing up in all these crazy historical contexts oh god yeah him with like one of, one of those big wigs on yeah he'd fit right in you know yeah. Marie Antoinette, he he just yeah. looked like the regular courtier, yeah. Doing a Shakespeare play in the yeah. Globe. And then Brad and Janet, who are so very conspicuously American, having yeah. to find ways to fit <laughs> in and not, not seem... Like, they seem more out of place than he does because they're yeah. so conspicuously modern and American. They're the weirdos. Whereas he can kind of fit into any time and space because he's just... He is only himself. He exists outside of fashion and time and stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that Brad and Janet are just pursuing Frankenfurter through, mm-hmm. through history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of yeah. songs you could have about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that that could be good. And maybe when they eventually catch up to him, like he doesn't want to go back, and so he just keeps like running back to new times or whatever. Because that's all he does. Yeah. Let's, let's say that he's invented time travel and he just needed the yeah. power from that laser that, yeah. that, that that they shot him with, and that's mm-hmm. what activated yeah. the time travel in him. Yeah. Well, maybe what he really needs to do is to conf- is to go back to his home planet and confront. Riff Raff and Magenta, mm-hmm. like, kind of like how my one ended with him getting his own revenge on them. But maybe he's, despite all of his sexual energy and his confidence, mm-hmm. maybe he's he's a scared. He's a little scared, you know. Yeah, maybe they, they bullied him. They, they, That's they, a little cry. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the reason he's traveling through, he won't admit it, but the reason he's racing through time is to avoid having to go back. And Brad and Janet have to finally catch up with him and make him face his greatest fear, which is confronting Riff Raff and Magenta. Nice. And then, much like my one, they it maybe ends with the three of them, and Rocky if he's still around. I don't know. <laughs> I lost interest in Rocky for this one. Um, maybe they, yeah, they they head off into space to confront Riff Raff and Magenta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's so it. that was the Rocky Horror Time Warp. Mm-hmm. I nearly called it the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the Time Warp again. Also, and then, and then very quickly found out that that is also the title of a TV movie of this. Oh yes, there have been many, yeah, so. <laughs> many less successful adaptations of this film. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. that's that. Cool. Very Business good. Submissions. Uh, yeah, we have a few this week. Although most of our most of our comments this week were just telling us that there already is one, and it's called uh, Shock Treatment. Great. Which we knew, but yep. uh, you know, nobody. Well, a lot of people have seen Shock Treatment. It seems, and apparently, it's it's not bad. All right. 
Yeah, there were a lot of positive comments about shock treatment. Okay. Sorry, not seen it. Mm-hmm. So just a handful of actual listener submissions this week. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Julie Lynn Eberhardt said, just a sequel of Frank flying a castle around space, spreading love to alien races. <laughs> so I guess that's, uh, yeah, I guess that one he survived as well and he's just going from planet to planet. Mm-hmm. What if Frankenfurter was brought into the Star Trek because the way you were describing yours, I thought you were going to go into a thing where like Brad and Janet were from Starfleet or something. Oh, right, yeah. No, that would that would really work. He does feel a lot like Q, doesn't he? I was going to say he could be a Q. Yeah, definitely. Like a rogue Q. Yeah. That could really work, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, that fits that universe, definitely. Yeah, definitely Star Trek Rocky Horror. That, that is the the unexpected uh, crossover that I think mm-hmm. the world's waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Fanning said, The Rocky Horror Showdown, a Western-based sequel, like Fievel Goes West, but even hornier. <laughs> Uh, Joe Herman said, Rocky Horror Oculus Rift. Hmm. Tom Brennan said, an American Rocky Horror Story. Yep. So it's crossover with the Amer- American Horror Story franchise. And oh, yeah. Make Frankenfurter the, the main antagonist of one of those seasons. That works. I could see that being done. I don't think I'd like it very much, but I could see it. <laughs> yeah. And finally, David Davidson said, a Rocky Horror picture show. Frankenfurter meets Sylvester Stallone in a boxing match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't see that one as much, but I can see what he's going for there. A Rocky horror mm-hmm. picture. So yeah. so, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you can also leave us a review if you so wish. It does help us to stay on top of the ratings. So do please consider doing that. And next week, mm-hmm. Harry. So we are next week. We are recording episode number two forty, which oh. means we only have ten episodes left. Oh god! The countdown begins, and I think mm-hmm. for, I think we've already discussed this for our final ten episodes. Mm-hmm. We need to make them big. Yeah, we need to make sure these are big episodes. Yep. So what could be better? What could be more apt for episode two hundred and forty? Mm-hmm. I've started with a big movie. Big not done big we have never done big really yep wow okay that, that is strange okay now i'll be interested to watch this because uh i feel like i know this movie really well mm-hmm. which does not feel like that continues the streak that's been going on recently no not at all i mean have you definitely watched it uh yes okay good yeah 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 uh now we just will have to wait and see until next week if i'm like you know i think i thought i knew this movie really well but i forgot tom hanks was in it yes <laughs> <laughs> i am starting to get concerned about your mental deterioration to be honest <laughs> so yeah cool big good, yeah. good choice i thought so you know yeah it's a crowd pleaser again that would that would have been on my list already if i hadn't had, thought had, we'd already done it considered it was already, but you, you didn't like already watch it like last week no 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 okay good yeah. Cool. Well, in that case, cool. yeah, good choice. Join us next week, listeners, for big. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Okay.